Last week, Jesus promised the disciples that if they just wait a minute, <laughs> if they would just wait together, if they would just stay where they are and wait for just a little while, that the Holy Spirit would come and fall fresh on them. And so this week, we hear that promise come to fruition. We are in Acts, the second chapter, beginning in the first verse today. And I am reading from the New Living Translation this morning. It says Acts 1, 2, 1 through 21 in, this, in the bulletin on the screens this morning. I'm going to skip around a little bit, but we'll be somewhere between Acts 2, 1 through 21. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly... There was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. And we hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. In verse 12, they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other disciples and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No what you see was predicted, was promised long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And everyone, verse 21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, just do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here we are in the upper room with the disciples. Right where we left them last week as they've returned to Bethany, from Bethany, to tell everybody that Jesus is not only alive, but Jesus has been ascended with God into the heavens and now sits on the throne with God and everything's going to be all right. Here we are in the upper room. Some texts say it is the room, the upstairs room in the house where they were hiding. But all of a sudden, they are no longer hiding. All of a sudden, they are gathered together in expectation, waiting on what God promised them. When is the last time you just sat still somewhere and waited? When is the last time you remember that God said something, God promised something, and instead of trying to work it out all by yourself, instead of trying to make it come true all by yourself, instead of trying to do it all on your own, you just got somewhere and waited. I've been doing some waiting lately. Some people promised us some money for our affordable housing project. And they are a little slower than I'd like them to be signing on the dotted line. So the last few days, I've just been waiting. The people have been calling, Pastor, can you call such and such and get them to move a little faster? The developers have been emailing, have you talked to them yet? The rest of the team wants to know if we're going to move them faster, move them faster. But what I know is that what God said will come to pass. I just need to wait for it. The disciples were afraid because they did not know how to do this Jesus life without Jesus being there in the flesh. And Jesus says, don't worry, I thought about that already. I am giving you an 
advocate. <laughs> I am giving you a counselor. I am giving you the gift of the Holy Spirit that will walk with you and talk with you, that will intercede on your behalf, that will intervene when you think that everything is over. I am giving you the Holy Spirit, or as they used to say when I was growing up, the Holy Ghost, so you don't have to worry about what comes next. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Pastor, I'm so sad all the time. Pastor, I just can't get excited about what's coming next. Pastor, I live in a space of fear and doubt. Pastor, I am anxious all the time. Pastor, is it really happening? Pastor, is it really coming? Pastor, does God really provide? Pastor, is the Holy Spirit real? Pastor, should I be afraid of the Holy Spirit? Pastor, I don't understand this Holy Spirit thing, so I don't really want anything to do about it. Pastor, help! The first thing is, if you are in a place of despair and doubt and fear all the time, you need a doctor. God has given us doctors to help us deal with depression. And you need the Holy Ghost. Here's the thing. You have to be together and you have to be expecting it. Spending all your time by yourself will not get you to the Holy Ghost. Hear me now. The disciples were in the place together. They were waiting together. They experienced the power of God together. When the Holy Spirit showed up, it didn't show up at Miss Mary's house and then bounce around to Dr. Bob's house and then bounce around to your house. They were together waiting on what God promised. They were on one accord. They were in agreement. They were on purpose. They were on time. They were together waiting on the promise of God. Baby, you better stop trying to do this life by yourself. You keep on trying to do this by yourself and you're going to be waiting a long time. You keep on trying to get through on your own and you're not going to make it. 
You need to get together with the believers, people who show enough know what it means to pray. Holy Ghost, fall fresh on me. You need to get with some people who know that they know that they know that they know that they know that God is God, that God is good, and that God is at work right now. On the day of Pentecost, 50 days after, 50 days after the crucifixion of Jesus the Christ, there was a festival that the Jews celebrated just like Pentecost. It was called the Festival of Weeks. And so they were already scheduled to be together. What does your calendar look like? Have you scheduled some time just to hang out with the saints? Have you scheduled some time to stand in the presence of God on one accord with people who can agree with you on what you've been seeking God for? Is the worship of God the most important thing in your life? I already know the answer to that question. If you can't say amen, you can say out, just okay. You schedule your doctor's appointments, you schedule your work hours, you schedule going to the beach, you schedule going to the movies, you schedule, you schedule, you schedule. Where on your schedule does it say, get with the people who know Jesus so that I can be set free? And then we want to know why we're so divided. While we're living in heck. While things are so crazy. While the children have lost their minds. While the parents are not parenting. We want to know why people shoot instead of talk. We're not doing our work. Get together. In the presence of God, with the expectation that God is going to make good on God's promise. It used to look like this. I'll never forget, and some of you may have heard me tell this story because it literally changed my life. I will never forget, I was in a Wednesday night prayer meeting at Central United Methodist Church. I hated it every week. I was a kid. I wanted to go home. I did not want to get off the school bus, come to church, eat dinner with all of these people, go in the sanctuary for a prayer meeting, and then go to Bible study for kids. That was my Wednesday night, every week. And I was sitting on the back pew, trying to get my brother to wake up so that dad didn't march back to the pew and make us sit up straight and pay attention. 
And they wheeled in this lady. And she'd had her leg amputated. And I'd never seen anything like that up close and personal. How, how do you move and breathe and do life with no legs? So I was curious. I leaned out that back pew, Miss, Miss Ruby. I started ignoring my brother and I was like, what is going on here? They started asking for testimonies, Dr. Bob. Somebody stood up and said, first, giving honor to God who is the head of my life. Huh? What does that mean? Can, can I just take a minute this morning? I just want to tell y'all. She said, first giving honor to God who is the head of my life. And I want to honor the, the pastor of this church who prays for me. She said, they told me I was going to die. But I ain't dead. She said, they took my leg, but I'm still here. She said, let me tell you something. Life may be hard, but God is good. She said, baby, I told him to roll me up in here tonight because I need to encourage you. I've got something to tell you when it looks like it's over. Over doesn't tell God what to do. Then she said it again for those of us knuckleheads who are like, what is she talking about? She said, over <laughs> does not tell God what to do. <laughs> so when you think it's over, just get out of God's way and see what God is going to do. And she started singing what is now my favorite hymn. She said, I'm not much of a singer, but I am sure am a praiser. <laughs> she started in the middle, the middle, Miss Ruby. So most of us didn't know what she was talking about until she got to the chorus. She said, Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. She take a deep breath, y'all. 
join with all nature in manifold witness to got up out of that wheelchair <laughs> hallelujah she stood up out of that wheelchair y'all one hand on that wheelchair one hand in the air no leg but all the joy in the world on her face and she said oh I
I was maybe 10 years old and it changed my life. It changed my life forever. Because Miss Oletha Hickson came out of her house when she was at the lowest of the low to tell everybody gathered in that space that God is still God, that God is still good, that God is still at work. And if you walk with the Lord, if you gather with the Holy Ghost, if you trust the promises of God, there is nothing that God won't do. When she died, we had Braves tickets that day. And my dad said, well, y'all can go into the game. I'll meet you there later. I'll send such and such with you. And I said, Dad, I want to go to the funeral. Preachers kids don't usually go to the funerals. We hang out in the office or stay home or find a friend to go do something with. But that day I went to the funeral. And by then, Miss Hickson didn't have any legs. And y'all, I think they sang Great Is Thy Faithfulness for like 20 minutes in that sanctuary. <laughs> it was packed. People were outside. And they came to witness to the fact that no matter what was going on in her life, through the power of the Holy Ghost, she was going to tell you, baby, it's going to be all right because God's got it. All the believers... All the believers were gathered in one place together. And together, they waited on God. And when they waited on God, the promise that was made to them came true. The Holy Ghost came down like tongues of fire. And everything... Everything, everything was different. You can ignore the Holy Spirit if you want to. You can be afraid of the Holy Spirit if you want to. But your life with God will be empty. It's why we have country clubs instead of churches that worship on Sunday mornings. Mr. Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, he said in one of his sermons on Methodists, he said, I am not afraid that the people called Methodists should ever cease to exist either in Europe or America. But I am afraid lest they should only exist as a dead sect, having the form of religion without power. And undoubtedly, this will be the case unless they hold fast 
to both the doctrine, spirit, and discipline with which they first set out. Together. Expectation. Purpose. What do we miss out on because we're impatient? Because we're disobedient. Because we lack the ability to wait with expectation. What do we miss out on? Because just because it doesn't come when we want it to, we think that it's not coming. What are we forfeiting because we won't gather with the believers? What are we forfeiting because we won't sit down and listen to the Aletha Hicksons of the world who can tell us about God and the work of God in our lives? A mighty rushing wind from heaven suddenly showed up. There wasn't an announcement, Miss Ruby, that next week the Holy Ghost is going to show up. There, there wasn't a, a warning. There was no tornado warning to say, wait a minute, get together in one place so that you can receive fire from the Holy Ghost. Nobody said, bring your oil, because I'm passing out fresh anointing. Suddenly, because they were where they were supposed to be, with whom they were supposed to be, suddenly, a roaring fire windstorm came and sat down in the house where they were sitting and settled. on each of them. And everyone who was present received the Holy Ghost. You don't just get the Holy Ghost because you, <laughs> because you think you're a Christian. You receive the gift of the Spirit because you tarry in the presence of God with other believers and you expect that God is going to do what God said God was going to do. If church is boring, it's because we check the Holy Ghost at the door. If life is empty, it's because we have the form of religion, but no power that goes with it. If life is hopeless,
is because we don't believe God. And we're playing church instead of being the church. Happy birthday, church. (laughs) The scripture here says that in the last days, that Joel said that in the last days, God will pour out God's spirit upon all people. But what Joel actually says is after this, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. You know what the after this is? After the people get it together, after the people get together, after the people understand who they are and whose they are, after the people understand that they are totally dependent on the Most High God, after we get it, y'all, God will do what God says God will do. But we have to do our part first. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth thine home. Dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for. I'm praying for Pentecost. I'm praying for Pentecost in this church. I'm praying for Pentecost in the hearts and the minds and the souls of the people that say that they are part of Atlanta First United Methodist Church. I'm praying for Pentecost at 360 Peachtree Street. I'm praying for Pentecost in downtown Atlanta. I'm praying for Pentecost in Georgia. I'm praying for Pentecost in the United Methodist Church. I'm praying for Pentecost in this world. Because that's the only way we're going to make it. If the Holy Spirit blows a fresh wind, ah, a suddenly wind, if the Holy Spirit blows a suddenly fire, if the Holy Spirit launches a fresh anointing in this place, that's the only way we're going to make it. And in order to get there, 
You have to know that you 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 know that great is God's faithfulness through the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, y'all. Sing the song for us. I, I know that hour is late, but we, we're going we're gonna to pray today. We're going to tarry in the presence of God. So I want to invite you to the altar rail or invite you to assume a posture of prayer wherever you are sitting this morning. Because Pentecost doesn't break out just because we ask it to. Pentecost breaks out because we do our part. So the believers are going to gather together this morning. Expecting that the Holy Spirit blows something fresh in here. So that we will not give up. But so that when we call on the name of the Lord, we will be saved. We will receive a fresh anointing. We will receive fresh wind and fresh fire so that we might be the witnesses that God calls us to be so that this world might be transformed. Oh God, you said in your word, great is your faithfulness unto us. But Lord, you said it in lamentation. You said it after the lamenter was complaining about how bad things are. Out of nowhere, oh God. He, he was complaining about how you had abandoned him. You, he was complaining about how you didn't do what you said you were doing. He was complaining, oh God, about how bad things were. He was complaining about the violence. He was complaining about how mean people are to each other. He was complaining about everything he could think to complain about. And then out of nowhere, in Lamentations 3, oh God, it says, but this I know. And this is why I have hope. Great is thy faithfulness unto us. So make us to be people who wait with expectation, oh God. Make us to be people who wait expecting your promises to be true, oh God. Help us to be people who gather together and tarry together. Help us to be people who reach out to other believers and say, I'm having a hard day. And for other believers to reach back and say, oh, I've had hard days before. And baby, let me tell you how I made it through. Lord, we're like the lamenter. We complain so much. But we won't do anything about our complaints, oh God. So pour out your Holy Spirit on us.
Unleash a suddenly wind. Unleash a suddenly fire. Unleash a fresh anointing, oh God, so that we might be people of action, so that you can use our hands and our feet to remind people of your faithfulness unto all of us. Oh God, I'm reminded of the bishop who told us all those years ago, your old anointing will not carry you where you need to go now. So seek a fresh anointing. So God, today we seek a fresh anointing. We leave 176 years behind us, oh God, and we seek a fresh anointing to be a new gathering, a new people who set out to transform your world for good, oh God. People who love mercy and who do justice. People who walk humbly with you, oh God. People who are not concerned for themselves, but are concerned for those who are needy, for those who are afraid, for those who are depressed, for those who are sick, for those who can't find a place to sleep, oh God. Give us Pentecost to be your people who sing to remind ourselves of your great faithfulness so that we can keep on keeping on, oh God. So that when we don't want to get up in the morning, all we hear in our bones is great is God's faithfulness. So that when we have hard stuff to do, we feel in our bones your great faithfulness. For when we do not have the words to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. So that, so that when we feel like we can't make one more step, our hands go flying up in the air and we sing of our praise to you, oh God. Unleash Pentecost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.